0: Ready, set, go. In the late hours of November 8th, 2016, after all the votes for the presidential election had been tallied up, Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton had 2,864,903 more individual votes than Republican nominee and opponent Donald Trump. Yet, despite this almost three million vote margin, Donald Trump soon became the United States 45th president.
1: Most Americans know that this is because of something called the Electoral College. But what does that mean? When did the system start? What was its purpose then, and who does it serve now? Is this structure undemocratic, or were the Founding Fathers actually pretty smart in creating a system that keeps the general
2: public from having too much of a say in who becomes president? When we asked our friends, families, and peers what their biggest questions were about American politics, many expressed almost immediate confusion about the Electoral College.
1: As such a fundamental component of the presidential election in the United States, we at Democracy Light see no better way of starting this info series than with an overview of this important
0: institution. Episode 1, The Electoral College. To give y'all the really, really simple version, The Electoral College is a group of human being electors representing every state in America who convene after each presidential election to actually elect the president. Ultimately, it is these electors who actually vote for the president. And the only reason you and I vote is to communicate to the electors who we in each state want. But we don't want to dumb this down for you, so here we go.
1: Each state has been designated a certain number of electors, calculated by adding the number of seats a state has in the House of Representatives to the number of senators it has in the Senate. The smallest state in the U.S., Wyoming, has one representative in the House and two senators like every other state, so Wyoming gets three electors. California, the most populous state in the nation, has 53 seats in the House of Representatives, so gets 55 electors. Washington, where we all live, has 12 electors. In total, there are 538 of these electors who make up the Electoral College.
0: This method of calculating electors might seem relatively proportional, but that couldn't be further from the truth. To do a little math here, the population of Wyoming divided by their three electors means that each elector represents around 190,000 citizens. Comparatively, California's population divided by their 55 electors means that each elector represents 680,000 Californians. <laughs> it's like Wyoming's. wyomins
1: Yeah, I looked up the the, the
0: technical
2: words That's for people sorry. who live <laughs> in Wyoming.
0: <laughs> Comparatively, California's population divided by their fifty five electors means that each elector represents six hundred and eighty thousand Californians. In essence, then, Wyoming's are given more than three and a half times the representation than Californians. But we'll talk more about that later.
1: In the general presidential election every four years each state independently calculates the votes for each of their candidates now a couple states have weird rules here but for the most part the party which wins the election in the state gets all of the elector votes this is called the winner takes
2: all system and as we'll discuss in a bit is the reason that a candidate can win the popular vote but lose the electoral college vote let's look at our state of washington as an example In the November 2016 presidential election, Hillary Clinton won 54.3% of Washington's popular vote in the general election, followed by Donald Trump at 38.1%. This means that in that election, all of Washington's 12 presidential electors went to the Democrats.
0: Now, let's follow the 12 Democratic electors from our great state of Washington as they travel to Washington, D.C. for the official Electoral College vote. At this point after the general election, every news outlet has already announced the winner. The official electoral college vote has yet to occur, and while in all of United States history everything has always panned out as it was supposed to, theoretically there is no way to ensure that electors will vote for the candidate of the party who sent them. Unfaithful electors, as they are called, are technically a possibility. Some states, including
1: Washington, have laws which supposedly require electors to vote for the party they were sent by, but the penalties are minimal, and the process to become an elector is so rigorous that the electors chosen are usually the party's loyalist. In Washington, unfaithful electors are fined $1,000. And while in United States history, electors have rarely voted against their candidate, this issue did come up in the 2016 Electoral College.
2: We won't get into this in this episode, but if you're interested, we can save this topic idea for another show. But back to D.C. Here, Washington's 12 electors meet the nation's other 538 each sent from their state because the party they represent won the popular vote. In D.C., the electors cast two public votes, one for president and one for vice president. A candidate needs a simple majority of 270 votes to win the Electoral College.
0: But I still don't understand why. In the last election, Hillary won the popular vote and Trump won the electoral vote and the presidency.
1: Lots of people don't, and that's what we're here for. Remember how we said that the number of electors isn't proportional to the number of citizens in their state? Well, that was intentional. The founding fathers who wrote the Constitution hundreds of years ago decided to emphasize state equality over individual equality. Maybe this made sense then, and maybe it didn't. Either way, it allowed southern states at the time to feel more included in this whole new country thing they were trying. Actually, historians know that this decision was pretty much intentional in promoting slavery by less populated southern states, but we could spend a whole
2: episode on that. Check out the episode description for more information about this. Well, this legacy continues. Today, the Electoral College means that less populated rural states get more representation in the Electoral College vote. And no surprise, these states overwhelmingly tend to vote Republican.
0: For lots of reasons, including how much our country has changed since 1776, lots of people have argued that the Electoral College system is unconstitutional. Most of these skeptics are Democrats because the Electoral College does heavily favor Republican candidates who speak to those smaller states. Advocates for the system, though, stress the importance of not giving the malleable minds of citizens too much say in the outcome. They also might agree with the initial goal of favoring state equality over individual equality. Ultimately, the
1: debate over the democraticness of the Electoral College comes down to these questions. Do we want someone as president who did not win the popular vote? Or would we want someone as president who didn't win the electoral vote? Let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week.